Now tell me if you remember No telling if you remember I'll never forget I'll never forget Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Okay, hello everyone. I'm back again, but I'm coming to you because I'm seeing so much um, COVID-19 is bringing out so much angst and, to me, misinformation about what capitalism is. Um, So I just saw a tweet um, that was like, now that um, it's out and open that capitalism is a failed system. And then you, I don't need to go on what, what, what they're talking about, but capitalism isn't a failed system. And I, and this is where my research is going to be going, um, in the future, particularly when I finish my doctorate degree, because I don't believe that capitalism is a failed system where we failed is everywhere. We've implemented capitalism as is socialism, as in communism, as in fascism has always been around centered around white supremacy. So when that's the base of everything, of course, um, um, capitalism looks like the enemy, but capitalism is only a theory um, and I'll just read the basic definition from the, the dictionary, and then I'm going to get into why I find my research so important and so it so excites me because there's so many people who have so many who who st- even study economics, and um, they they don't look at capitalism from my perspective. So um, again, it's a theory. It's um, um, where my future research is going to take me. But let me just give you the definition out of the dictionary of capitalism. Capitalism, an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. That's it. That is all that the definition of capitalism is. The implementations or the manifestations or the demonstrations of capitalism that we see have always been about, rooted in, and promoted white supremacy um, in the United States and around the world. And so my research has started. Uh, it's a beautiful day outside. Um, so I'm just on my porch. It's quiet. Um, it's relatively quiet. So I just wanted to come out here if you hear the birds and all this other stuff going on. But um, I wanted to... Um, just briefly talk about some of the roots of my my thesis and how um, it, it excites me as I do more research on Adam Smith, who people consider the grandfather of economics, um, who wrote two books. The first book was um, The Moral Sentiment, and the second book was um, The Wealth of Nations. He was um, a member of what they call the... Um, Scottish Enlightenment era. Um, the after the revolutionary, he his actually Wealth of Nations came out in 1776. And if you know anything about the history that we're taught, that was when this country got its independence. And in its independence, <clears throat> trying to come up with a government system, uh, political system, economic system, many of the founding fathers. Um, actually studied Adam Smith, actually tried to implement some of his ideas um, into the forming of the U.S. as a nation and economic system. So I just want to read you a little bit because, again, I, I, I want to challenge people when they say this blatant 
white um, capitalists is evil and it's no capitalist capitalism as a theory is not evil. It has only been implemented around the world rooted in white supremacy. So my thought is, can we have, I want to know, can we have an anti-racist capitalist system? So when I look at um, some notes that I've taken, um, uh, this is a quote from Adam Smith. Um, He is in this, as in many other cases, led by an invisible hand to promote the ends, which was no part of his intention. So he's just talking about how he's coming up with these these ideas of of um, of economics, and and I want to go back to you because when go back because when I said he wrote the book the moral sentiment, Adam Smith, who again people consider the grandfather of um, economics, talked about moral economics. He would he his first book was about morality, and his second book was about economics. So even then, um, in seventeen hundreds, there was somebody actively researching, studying the moral, how can economics be moral? Okay, so D talks about, because um, he talks about the invisible hand. So he says, when the bank, when bank, the banker sees that we want to buy bread, she um, makes the bread so she can make a living. And the other side of the coin is that we get bread. There is, um, there's more, comp- there, there's more to competition than price alone. One of Smith's um, great contributions to humanity is the realization that things didn't have to be planned in order to be orderly. He believed that um, um, many complex systems can be generated by local behavior. So this is even telling you about um, he believed in a, a bottom-up system. Um, they don't have to be and actually can't be created from the top down. So even in his thinking in 1776, Adam Smith was thinking about an economy that was based on the top, the bottom-up, not the top-down. So the fact that we have um, in our capitalist system the people at the top that we um, idolize and we uh, aspire to be billionaires, whatever, that's not how Adam Smith saw and moral economy. He saw it as coming from the top, I mean, from the bottom up. So he says, laws and government may be considered in this and indeed in every case as a combination of the rich to oppress the poor and to preserve themselves the inequality of the good. So even back then, he was he saw what we're seeing, what we see now. Um, so this is not new. There were choices made to to root white supremacy, uh, our economic systems and white supremacy, particularly in the United States. And um, if you um, follow along to, if you go back and um, listen to the Hashtag Causing Podcast Book Club episodes of How to Be an Anti-Racist, I talk about that. And now I'm um, picking up, we're doing White Rage, which specifically talks about um, that, um, those things, instead of the How to Be Anti-Racist was more of a generalized book, but this talks about specific things. And then, so he goes on to say, Smith, um, so someone in the documentary I was well, Smith says that both sides benefit from the transactions, both the buyer and the seller, and that if you really want to increase prosperity, which you should do, um, is to increase trade as much as possible rather than try to prevent one side uh, of it coming into you. So he's even talking about 
monopolies. Um, This stuff is not new. This is why I get so frustrated with folks who don't want to study history, who want to just look at things on the surface. Everything has a root cause. There's always a cause and effect going into play. Um, So uh, and Smith detailed studies of markets led him to realize that it's the labor of nations of nations inhabitants that is the major source of wealth. Now, in the United States, the founding fathers understood that because that's why they did not um, address slavery um, in the way that um, that they could have at the start of this um, at the start of this nation. Um, There were conversations about whether we should, uh, this nation should have moved forward with um, when they created um, the United States as it was at the time about whether we should have slavery as the bedrock of our economic system. And, um, you know, they chose too. So this is, again, an, another frustration. People act like this shit just happened. It just didn't, it didn't just happen. People make conscious decisions in the U.S. and around the world to base their economies on the um, the forced and harmful labor, free labor of um, um, descendants of slave—I mean, of slaves—and um, so the question, one of the questions I have was, um, um, how do you shift from the understanding of labor? Since you failed, but you, but you committed the, we we are not failed. Um, how do you shift from the understanding of labor as a physical undertaking? Because, um, you know, I've been talking about industrial. We're not in the industrial age anymore. We're in the um, information economy. Um, um, and, and so to an intellectual undertaking, the knowledge age, which requires inclusion and diversity for business leaders to lead, leaders to leverage it as an asset to create wealth. And so one of the things that are the, one of the last things that I want to kind of leave you with is um, um, so it's. It was. It says before Smith, almost every school of thought taught people um, that one's own interest always co- is contrary to someone else's. But Smith changes everything. If trade increases our wealth, then other people, other groups, and other nations are not our natural enemies. Tying the pot progress of modern society to productive people and open markets is a revolutionary idea. But he also speaks to the role of government in a free society. Little else, this is a quote from Adam Smith, little else is requisite to carry a state to the highest degree of opulence, but peace, easy taxes, and a tolerable administration of justice, all the rest being brought about by the um, natural course of things. So even again, in 1700s, he was talking about how the economy should have been focused on peace, easy taxes, and not just easy taxes for corporations, but easy taxes for all and a tolerable administration. Um, and he talks about, and this is, a, he talks about this, and this is where I know that he was focused on the most vulnerable. And then I'll have a caveat to this. This displays a striking faith in, in the average human being. If we just give use some space and protect your basic rights, you can figure out how to improve your own life. We do not have to do things for you. We just have to stop doing bad things to you. And so my question was, who did Smith um, define as the average human being? And this is where the things get off track. Because in Smith's time, 
the average human being had to be a white man because that was the only people who could own property, who 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 could um um who um who had voting rights or anything. So I see how I see how white supremacy got rooted in it. Maybe unintentionally, I'll say I'll, I'll just give the caveat of maybe unintentionally because that was who um, he that's who the economy thought of only white men. Um, I say in the 21st century, let's extend this to when we're talking about the average human being extended to a more diverse um, group of people. <laughs> um, and, and, um, so the next question I have is it appears that all is here to create an just economic system. Only if the average human being is inclusive, would this take a simple reimagining? And that's what I want you to, that's what I want to leave you with. Cause that was the, my final question after that. If, as I'm discovering the roots of a just economy were thought about deeply, because this was, was this man's work, was written about extensively. Um, and again, I, I, I can, I'm going to read you the definition of e- capitalism again. It is an economic or, polit- political, ugh, economic or political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. If, as, as Adam Smith sees it, if our economics are moral, morally based, then, and even in his day, if I, in the research, he looked at the people that were being taken advantage of. Again, unfortunately, in his time, he only looked at white men. Like, who were the white men in the economy who were being oppressed and discriminated against? And we need to lift, lift those individuals up. If that is already rooted in the ideology of a moral economy, let's just span, expand the definition of who, of who we consider the average um, human being is. That's the work I want to talk about. And that is where I challenge and continue to challenge and we continue to challenge people on capitalism is evil. No, it has been how we've imp- capitalism is only a theory. It is how it's been implemented around the world that is rooted in white supremacy. And this is the thing that people don't want to talk about. So as we sit back now and look at what's going on with the coronavirus and you have these states, I mean, you have these people who are saying, um, I'm older or the old people should, you know, be willing to go back to work in service to the young, um, the young generation. And if the young generation are expected to go back to work, then what are they going to get in return? Um, uh, for their putting themselves at risk. That's not a moral economy. That is rooted, even the, the, even the idea of putting those words together and putting those thoughts together and putting those words together and writing them down is rooted in white supremacy. It's rooted in white, it's, it's the whole, it's the belief, our current economy, form of um, capitalism is rooted in there's not enough, there's scarcity. So we all have to do what we need to do to take steel um, borrow, never give back, but it's all rooted in that whiteness gets to do that and everybody else gets to crumb. So even now what we're seeing are white people who are finally being impacted by white supremacy in ways that they've never been impacted by white supremacy, freaking out and wanting to do what whiteness does because whiteness and white supremacy are designed for chaos. There is no bottom. 
So I am not surprised that they want to feed off the old, the elderly in this, that they want to sacrifice the elderly in this, because white supremacy is designed to sacrifice, to kill, to harm, to oppress, um, to discriminate. It is not ever in service to good and morality, ever, ever, ever. I want to see, I believe we can have an economy that is in service to the most vulnerable and to the morals of not Christian morals, not, uh, faith, not, not, not that kind of morality, but the, well, I can take that back because I've studied many religions and in the root of many religions, once you get past the dogma and the doctrine at the root of all religious, um, uh, um, 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 prophets, you know, Jesus, Buddha, uh, Krishna, uh, Muhammad, it's all about love and they always prioritize the most vulnerable. So this is not new for us. Um, it is when we, you know, just root everything in white supremacy is what we get. Um, what we, it was not just about getting, expecting free labor from women. It's see, this see, this is where we need to stop. It's not that it is free. It is everything being of service to white supremacy, including white men. No one escapes white supremacy unharmed. So it's not about, and this is where uh, white feminism fucks up because they make it about white women. It's not. It's about all of us. No one escapes white supremacy unharmed. And until we can re- realize that we're in this together, or we're not, we get there together, we don't get there at all, we will continue to struggle. And the new... Sur- the, mm, I'm not going to use that term because that's... Okay, I won't use that one. No, I am going to use that. The noose around the neck of, uh, of, of whiteness, I'm not talking about individuals, of whiteness, of the noose of white supremacy that has always been around the neck of, of, of brown and black people is now getting on the neck of, of whiteness and you don't, no one knows how to handle that, but you don't have the skills of a history of being targeted. So it's not about women. It's not about black, just black women. It's not about trans individuals. It's not about just LGBTQA plus individuals. It is all of us. We, and this is what this is the what I love about the linchpin in Adam Smith's work. It's not about the individual. It is about honest moral trading systems that include the most vulnerable and come from the bottom up and does not tolerate what we see of um, country companies that cannot fail and all this other bullshit that we turn ourselves inside out to protect. That's not what a moral economy does. So I know I've said a lot. I have no idea how long I've been gone, but you know how I do this. And so I just really wanted to, 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 to um, just document my thoughts. Every time I see this whole a common, uh, capitalism is evil and we should just throw out capitalism, we can go to a fully fucking socialist system. I mean, the, the, close, the most socialist system right now is Sweden, and they are having issues now with now the immigration is not an all-white country. Um, they are having issues with trying to lock down because there are more immigrants coming in. Socialism as it is practiced in Scott uh, in Sweden is rooted in white supremacy. So that's my point. We can't just tossing out something to do with something else is not the answer. Um, democratic socialism does not fundamentally talk about rooting out anti-racist. I mean, being anti-racist and creating a moral 
economy. You cannot create a moral economy until people are ready to face the fact that our world's economy have been built on the oppression, the slavery, the killing, the stealing from the most vulnerable. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCauseTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Cause the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.